0: This is germ warfare, the battle of ideas.
1: The first Adam would have been the biblical Adam, as I understand it, God created him in the book of Genesis. The second Adam would have been Jesus, who came to redeem the world from the fall of the first Adam. Based Mm. on that, what is the third Adam?
0: The third Adam uh, is, is a play on words that I have created in a sense. Uh, there's going to become there is coming a future Antichrist. And he will claim to be God himself. The Bible says right here um, in Second uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter two that uh, that this is the mystery of iniquity. And these people, uh, you know, it says right there that he's going to Second Thessalonians two nine. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all lie, all power and signs and lying wonders and with deceivableness and unrighteousness, the and them that perish. Because they see receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, so that is that is going to be the Antichrist man, and the world has to be kind of set up uh, for that man to be revealed. It, it you know, and you're starting to see things from the religious and government and all kinds of angles kind of aligning themselves together. And the only answer to that can be a one world leader. And so that one world leader is going to declare himself to be God. He's going to receive worship. Uh, We understand that from Revelation 13. And he's going to claim to be the, the false messiah in a sense. And so because of that, we've called that the third Adam. And, uh, that's, uh, that actually is, is coming from an esoteric concept, which that's really what the whole thing is about. Someone emailed me and says, you, you realize that the whole idea of the third Adam is not, is not scriptural, right? And I said, that's the point. And, uh, they, they understood it when I said it that way. (laughs) So yeah, the third Adam is going to be the antichrist. Okay. So just on the topic
1: of the antichrist, I remember when I was growing up, um, a number of, uh, Christians said to me, well, have you thought about the idea that perhaps the Antichrist won't be one person, it will be an idea or an organization. How do you know that it would be one person?
0: Well, uh, that's a question that's uh, kind of a hermeneutical question. I, of course, interpret the Bible literally when possible. Now, I understand that there's symbols, there's metaphors, there's figurative language in the scriptures. Uh, but when the Bible refers to a man, a literal person, uh, and it refers to it as a hymn, like I'm looking here, um, you know, it says right there, Second Thessalonians 2, 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except the coming of following away first, and that man of sin be revealed. I interpret that literally. Now, if you want to get into spooky mysticism and allegorical interpretation, you say that man is a picture of a, of a you know a a, a system or a, an idea or a concept. Then you 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 misinterpret the scriptures. Always interpret the Bible literally when possible. And if it's obviously some sort of symbolic thing, like Revelation 13, a beast rising up out of the sea or something like that, then interpret it symbolically. But there are passages of scripture. There's many of them that say the Antichrist will be an actual person, and he will actually physically lead the armies of the world to a final showdown against Jesus Christ in the Valley of Megiddo, and that is Revelation chapter 19. And so that's just one of the golden rules of, of Bible interpretation. When uh, when possible, interpret the text literally, and don't, don't get into mysticism or allegorical. Try to look for a deeper meaning behind all that. You, you'll get into all kinds of weird stuff that way. Okay, just take me through the idea then of the Antichrist. Okay, I mean, you know, you have to understand that everything God does, Satan imitates it. Okay, Um, Satan, uh, God creates a church. Well, Satan creates a church too. Um, We understand in the Bible that there is a, uh, that the church is called the Bride of Christ. I think you go to Ephesians 5, look there. Um, and then you, you cross-reference that to Revelation chapter 17. Revelation 17 and 18 talks about the whore of Babylon, okay? The whore of Babylon is the antithesis of the bride of Christ. It's the total opposite. And that is basically Satan's false one-world religion. It's his church. And so the idea that, that the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth as the Savior of all man, well, Satan's going to imitate that he is going to and, and the bible said he would and he would be given space to do so for a season and uh, <coughs> excuse me and so that's just that's one of the things you have to understand about satan satan is always trying to imitate and infiltrate everything that god does so the Lord Jesus comes as a savior. Well, Satan's going to come as a savior too, because he desires to be worshipped just like God. He desires to uh, to usurp the throne of God, and uh, so just just mark it down. One of the things about Satan, he is ultra jealous, if you could put it that way, and he will imitate and infiltrate everything that God does, and so that. Uh, but ultimately, the good news in all that is that Satan uh, is is on a leash, and he is given space to operate. But ultimately, what he accomplishes. Will be used for God's glory, and God will, you know, turn it around and flip it over for His good. And that—that's—that's that's just the whole redemption arc of the Bible, the redemption story of the Bible altogether, is that Satan one day will be uh, thrown into the lake of fire forever, and all of all of his games will be over with that day. So, when you talk about
1: imitate and infiltrate, what do you what do you mean?
0: Well, I mean that's what Satan does. He he wants to be God. He's jealous. He he thinks he deserves it. That's one of the reasons he was cast out of heaven, is because he he thought he could, he thought he could be God, and he desired worship. And so he can't have it, of obviously, because he's he's not God. So he just he just imitates everything that God does. And I think what what happens is I think every man. Has it written on his conscience to serve a god? That's why there's all these false religions in the world. That's why I think man is inherently religious, and it's because the Lord has made man to be that way. Uh, but the problem is, is that it's not sanctified; it's not been redeemed. They they worship they know not what, as as Paul said uh, in I believe Acts chapter 17 at Mars Hill. He said the God, the unknown God that you're worshiping, I know that God, and um, so. Satan sees that and he says, well, I can get worship from man if I just pretend like I'm God, too. And, uh, and he deceives men. And ultimately, the reason, the reason Satan deceives men into worshiping him is because of his hatred for the Lord. He hates God so much that he will just try to, I guess, I guess the word for it is just siphon off and redirect and mislead these people who could be worshiping God to worship him because ultimately he knows that that's, that's, that just hurts the heart of God the most. And he's been full-time at it ever since the beginning, bro. That's, that's all he does. And he does it by pretending to be a church. Like for example, I'll give you one, uh, the Roman Catholic church is not Roman. It's not Catholic and it's not a church. That is one of the biggest cults to ever exist. I, I mean, that thing is a, a demonic uh, monstrosity. And, but people go in there and they go through all these masses and they go through all these rituals and they do all these uh, sacraments of this church thinking that they're worshiping Jesus when ultimately I think that they're worshiping Lucifer. Um, the, the Pope is one of the great antichrist figures of the world today and that's satan's game is to imitate the church and to infiltrate the church i think he's infiltrating the churches today through the through contemporary christian music uh even good orthodox churches he's going in there and presenting a feminine style of worship that i think that, and they're worshiping a false holy spirit of a female holy spirit which that female holy spirit is the spirit of lucifer and people don't realize that. And so that's that's what I mean when I say infiltrate and imitate. That's what Satan is doing today. And we have to know the scriptures so that we can tell the difference between the two.
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask you, uh, how, how does one discern?
0: Well, you, you have to know what the Bible says. You have to know what the Bible says. Okay, like, for example, there was a guy, um, <clears throat> he was... Uh, I forget his name right off the top of my head. He was um, Mr. Positivity. He was, he was a self-help guru. And um, let's see here. Um, he, he worked with um, Billy Graham. In, uh, his name is Norman Vincent Peale. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. He wasn't Norman Vincent Peale. He was another guy. Um, but he had a radio show in New York City, and he was a modernist. He was a liberal theologian. And his intro on the radio was, This man is the prince of the power of the air. Okay, and that was his title on radio. Well, we all know, if you know the Bible, you know that that's the title given to Satan in the Bible, the prince of the power of the air, I believe it's Ephesians chapter 2. But these people didn't even know their Bible well enough to even know that. Okay, so um, if you know the scriptures and you know how this works and you know theology, when somebody gets up and says something that is not true, you are it's 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 kind of like if i could use the the marvel comics term it's like your spider sense goes off you like that there's something wrong with this you may not know exactly what it is but there's just something wrong um and i think that's that's true like i mean there's people just to, for a political example of this people who have read the bill of rights constitution that we go by here in the united states of america when they hear people like barack obama say we're going to redistribute the wealth that bothers them because that's not that's not constitutional that's that sounds that's communism is what that is and but people who don't know the bill of rights and don't know the constitution say hey man that sounds great uh, and and the same thing happens in churches when when benny Hinn gets up and and says some of the things he says or when uh jen johnson of bethel church says when you send up praise to god god has arm armpit reflectors of mirrors that it, when you send praise to him that praise pings back down to you After a while, you start to think that's not in the Bible anywhere. That's just weird. And, but you'd be surprised how many people think that that sounded really good. And the reason is because they've never read the Bible one time in their life. And, uh, and I think when, when you, when you know the scriptures, you are able to narrow down what is correct and what is not correct. And when, if you don't know the scriptures, then anything spiritual sounds good to you and you go for that. And that is very dangerous ground to be on. Uh, Eastern religions are demonic. Okay. Um, what is the difference between Hinduism and the occult? The only difference is geography. That's it. Okay. When Brown people in the far East practice Hinduism and uh, practice, the occult is called Hinduism. When white people in England and the United States practice the occult it's called the occult. It is the same thing. Uh, it, it, it has different, uh, it may have different labels and it may have different, um, you know, methods to it and ultimately, you know, it, but ultimately is the same thing. It just has a different label on it. So Eastern mysticism teaches ultimately and, and there's many derivatives of it. I understand that that that's why uh, that's why it's confusing, because it, it is confusion. And the Bible says God is not off the author of confusion. Uh, in Revelation 17, you see upon the whore of Babylon, you see that she has upon her body written the names of blasphemy. That's because she is a multifaceted religion and it has many different names, but ultimately it's the same thing. Eastern mysticism teaches you to har- harness universal energy into your body and to control it and to use it for... To accomplish your your goals and use it to accomplish whatever you want. That's why martial artists, when they you know they're doing all these these things with their hands and arms, uh, they're using that and and trying to acquire as much of that energy as possible for one goal, so that they themselves can become a god. That is the point. And you see little snapshots of this in in like anime, okay, with like Dragon Ball Z when they go Super Saiyan and their hair turns gold, and and they become indestructible forces. They, that 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 is ultimately. A picture of Eastern mysticism. Um, they they promise you health. They promise you a long life. They promise you. Uh, I think the word for it in uh, in in Buddhism is Nirvana, where you just achieve perfect oneness with the universe. That is um, <clears throat> that is the occult in a sense. Now the funny thing is is that Star Wars, the beloved sci-fi movie franchise that everybody's in the world has seen, is Hinduism repackaged in a sci-fi package. These uh, these people who are called Jedi or Sith or whatever have uh, have harnessed this energy force of the universe and can use it to become, in a sense, gods like their own selves. And uh, I think that is um, that is very dangerous stuff to teach the kids, of course. Uh, But that is ultimately um, the the, when you cross that over into American Christianity it's the idea that I can decree and declare and all the all the power that Jesus had is now at my disposal. And all the works that Jesus did, I can do them. So in a sense, I can become my own Christ. That is new age religion, that is Hinduism, that is Eastern mysticism, and that is the occult, and it's satanic, and I'm just, the Bible doesn't teach any of that. It's also quite universalist, isn't it? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, and and the, the, the mark of it that kind of gives it away is that there's no holiness to it. You know, you can have this power and live however you want. You can live in lascivious, loose lifestyle, and, uh, you know, they can go drink and party and, uh, you know, live sexually however you want to. There's there's no boundaries to it. And that's why it's so appealing to the flesh of the people. Peace, harmony, love and, and free love is what they mean. But the good way to look at this, OK, is um, Psalm chapter two. It says, let us break our bands asunder. And I think mankind is born with a conscience knowing that uh, stealing is wrong, knowing that killing is wrong, knowing that having an affair on your wife is wrong. They, they inherently know that because God has written that on their conscience. But when you go into these religions and th- they're teaching you that, that is, you've limited yourself, you need to break free from all that and go experience all the joy and bliss and, you know, un- and basically it's just unhinged debauchery um and it's it's the idea that we're going to break the bands of our conscience asunder and have uh just go live however we choose that is in that's the occult that's gnosticism that's new Age religion and it's all packaged in a framework of love and peace and joy and it is the total antithesis of all of that you can't find any of that unless you truly have a relationship with christ and unfortunately too many people are going to learn that the hard way um now islam is, is really um uh, one of my weak points, I, I, I'm, I'm actually digging to learn more about it. But I do know this, that uh, the Saudi Arabian flag is a sun and a moon. And the sun is is, a, is the mother Semiramis. I'm sorry, the, uh, it's a, a moon and a star, excuse me. And uh, the moon and the star is a picture of the goddess Semiramis and the sun tamuz now in Ezekiel chapter eight, you'll see that the women were weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz is going to be, in a sense, the the Antichrist figure. So I, what is happening, if you go into Islamic eschatology, which is the end time views of Muslims, they are waiting for a Maitreya who will bring um, who will bring peace to the world through um through a, <coughs> excuse me, um, through a jihad type uh, type relationship and uh, and they also believe, it's actually further down in their literature, they actually believe that he's going to eradicate the Jews from the world, which we understand that the Bible actually agrees with that, that uh, he will he will be a, a beast of war, and that he will come against God's elect, which will be the nation of Israel in the in the tribulation period. And so, yeah, they they are looking for what the, what they call the Mareo, I'm sorry, the the Mahdi, which is what they call him. And uh, so and that's that they're looking for an antichrist, too. And it's, it's amazing how all these religions, they're all different, but they're all the same. And it's just fascinating how that how that works. I would say one thing that is that is kind of different, that that is a, um, a a difference between the Eastern and the Western version of the occult is that the Western version of the occult oftentimes pretends to be science. And Nicholas Tesla was an occultist. He was not a scientist. He was an occultist. Um, and you got things like CERN and the people in Switzerland doing all that stuff. That is absolutely no way, shape, or form. That is not science. Those people are using the power of science and using uh, government grants in the name of science to explore occult philosophies, alchemy, uh, and, and Hinduism, mysticism, that type of stuff. So that, I think that probably uh, other than geography, The difference between Western occultism and Eastern occultism is probably, Western occultism has more of a science slant to it, and uh, whereas Eastern occultism really doesn't. And I think that's probably one of the big differences. And then, of course, you have something like Satanism, which is, you know, it's right in your face. Oh yeah, yeah, That's right in your face. You know, you got Aleister Crowley, who was, uh, you know, a, a Freemason and, and that type of stuff. But then you have, um, uh, you you have uh, what's I forget his name, uh, the guy who started the Church of Satan, um, Anton LaVey. Uh, he he started in 1969, I believe, in San Francisco, which San Francisco is a hotbed for occultism, and, and they claim to be Satanists. But the, but the thing, and 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 Satanists are adamant about this. They they really are, and they're not wrong when they say this. They say, we are not teaching you to worship Satan. We're teaching you to worship yourself. And that is, I agree with them. That is what Satanism is. Satanism is not saying, oh, Lord Lucifer, we love you. It's its saying that, oh, I, I love me. I am my own God. And that, I mean, they don't realize it, but like Kenneth Copeland preaches that in a, in a, he uses different terminology, but ultimately Kenneth Copeland is a Satanist. He's teaching you that you are a God and that you can decree and declare and all the works that Jesus did, you can do those too. If you just harness the spirit energy, that is... Satanism, and uh, although you know the pr- the problem with Satanism is that uh, it 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 has kind of a um, uh, a negative connotation, so it it doesn't really uh, it it's not as prominent, especially in the West, as it would be other places. But I, I think most of these contemporary Christians and these charismatics are preaching a version of Satanism that is a little bit more palatable to the evangelical mind, and uh, but ultimately those who are discerning. St- are able to sniff it out real quick because it's basically the same thing, just with Christian vocabulary overlaid on top of it. Do as thy wilt. Yes. Yep. Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. That means uh, just do what you want to do, harness your will, um, and and whatever you and really the the charismatic equivalent of do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law is decree and declare. It's the same thing, uh, just with a different vocabulary. But as long as you're not hurting anybody. Of course, yeah. As long, you know, as, long as you're not hurting anybody or, or breaking any moral boundaries. Uh, and that's the, that's the lie that they, the, you know, they say about this type of stuff. Uh, but the truth is you are hurting people. I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take very long to look into the life of Aleister Crowley to see how many people he murdered and how many people he killed and the intense debauchery that he was involved in for so long. Um, the, man was, the man was crazy. And uh, I think towards the end of his life, he took a, a small group of people and went up into the mountains of Italy and lived in like a, 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 a mud hut up there, just doing, you know, sex magic and all kinds of intense, insane stuff. And uh, I mean, the man—he said he was hurting nobody, but I mean, the man hurt a lot of people along the way. And that's that's the lie of this stuff. These, this ultimately, this mystery religion it sells itself as a do good, a force for positivity and niceness and sweetness and love in the world. But ultimately it's, it's like it is the candy coating around a poison pill that you're taking.
1: What is theosophy?
0: Theosophy is a movement that was started um, by Helena Blavatsky. And uh, I I forget the timeline. It was, it was early 19th or early 20th century. And, uh, and it was the idea that that we're gonna break all religious boundaries, that there's a little bit of truth in all religions, and we're gonna try to search out all that truth. Uh, Mainly, it was Hinduism is what she was into. And we're gonna search out that truth and try to decide what's true and what's not true and just kind of keep the chunks of all that. Basically, it was a a merger of all religions together. And um, you have, there were so many people involved in it, and it was was actually a, a pretty widespread thing at the time. But um, I, I think what it was, it was a precursor to more of a universalism that we're seeing today. Anytime you see world religions coming together, you are seeing the work of the Antichrist. And it doesn't matter if it's the Abraham Accords that the Pope is now heading up trying to unite Islam and, uh, and Catholicism together, or if it's the work of Helena Blavatsky through uh, theosophy, or if it's the work of ecumenicism through Billy Graham. Ultimately, when you see major religions uniting together for a common good, you are seeing the work of the Antichrist. And we try to call that out and explain that to everybody in Third Adam. But the thing is, theosophy is just one little piece of a big puzzle. And the big puzzle is this, and that's what I'm trying to get everybody to see, is the big picture of everything. You are seeing a merger of governments, of religions, and of philosophies all into one thing. And when, that, when that, and that one leader of the world, the Antichrist, he will merge it all together under one banner. And anybody who doesn't bow to that is going to be persecuted greatly. And all that's going to come to a head, the of Megiddo, Revelation chapter 19. And they're going to have a face-off with the Lord Jesus Christ, and they will lose. And the Lord will uh, bring his kingdom down to earth and will have a physical, literal kingdom upon this planet in which Jesus will rule and reign for a thousand years. That is the message of the Third Adam series.
1: You're referring to a
0: one-world government? Oh yeah, that's absolutely happening. There's no question. I mean, you know, I mean, like everybody globally politically is in everybody's business right now. I mean, every I don't I don't know why every conflict everybody's got to be involved in it now. Uh, but after after World War II, you see the United Nations come together and say we're not going to have a world war ever again. And the funny thing is, is that the world has been in perpetual war ever since the United Nations was formed. Uh, and there's several things that play into that. You have the idea of globalism. You have the advancement of technology, where everybody can see everything that's going on in, everywhere in the world in real time. Uh, and then you also have things like the the central banks of the world. They're they're pushing everything. Uh, you know, the creature of Jekyll Island in 1912, United States Federal Reserve happening. Um, and anybody who opposes this one world religion, this one globalist uh, coming together thing, like JFK did, is going to be put out of the picture. And uh, that's what's happening. And I, I, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm just in there looking at the at the options that we have for political leaders, and I'm thinking everybody's a globalist. It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, maybe the only uh, the only exception to that being a globalist was Donald Trump, but even he has his problems too. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, I think it's bound to happen. I don't, I don't think there's anything we do to stop it. The, there is a one world government forming right before your very eyes and uh it's just biblical man that's what's going to happen
1: kind of gives you a new perspective um sadly on somebody like uh, john lennon with his song imagine
0: oh yeah. yeah that's one of the most satanic songs ever written <laughs> i mean it really is it's that guy was so filled with satan it was <laughs> unbelievable and uh, no wars no god no nothing just sit around and smoke pot all day i mean that's that is, that is the utopia that Satan's promising people. If you just come into our religion, that's exactly what it did. And socialism promises that communism promises that, um, and, and that's why you you can't vote for that stuff because it's, it, you know, it, uh, someone said that communism is the greatest way for everybody to equally starve to death. And, uh, I agree with that. So it's, it's happening, man. It, it is happening. And by the way, John Lennon, uh, for a while claimed to be a Christian. Did you know that? No. Yeah, he he claimed to be uh he like went off into a retreat for like two months and came back and started saying things like, Well, praise the Lord and 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 that kind of stuff. And everybody kind of thought, well, did John Lennon just get saved? And 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 but that that phased out after about three months. And um, some some dumb Christians today tend to think that some of the Beatles music had Christian themes in it. And I'm thinking, what what Christian themes are you reading in these songs? I mean, my goodness. Uh you know uh, they sing about their dead mother they sing about a a, a woman named uh, mother mary um yo i don't i don't see any christian themes in that stuff i see satanism all through that
1: to be fair though uh, spencer he paid the price uh, have you heard yoko ono sing
0: <laughs> oh yes friend oh yes friend <laughs> what a treat let me just tell you that my goodness yeah that um a lot of people say that yoko ono destroyed the beatles single-handedly and i can't say that i disagree with that <laughs>
1: um the, the the next step of the deception of the framework of the third adam uh you speak about uh is entertainment
0: oh yeah yeah um everything uh, even this week The new Marvel's movie came out and and everything is women power, you know, woke women, we're going to, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. And they're losing money on these films and everybody who has a brain is sitting there saying, well, what, what is happening? Why are they, why are they, these businesses destroying themselves, creating complete garbage that nobody's watching? Well here's the truth. Okay. Here's what I think. I think it's not about money. The money is infinite. They can just print more if they want more. They don't care about the money. What they care about is the propaganda, and it's about the message being pushed. And they know that people who are 30 years old and older are going to look at that and say, that's stupid. This is not a good move. This is not entertaining. But they know that there's a crop of 13-, 14-, and 15-year-olds who are just swallowing that stuff, hook, line, and sinker, as we say here in America, and they are they are buying into that message and they know that in time they are conditioning the world system to be to have such a heavy occultic slant to them in their thinking and they in the way that they operate and everything that they've they, they are creating the next generation of brain dead easily manipulated people who are going to buy into the antichrist agenda that's exactly what they're doing and um i just don't i mean it's sad to watch it happen. I think churches need to be more careful about what kind of entertainment they let their kids watch. Uh, but the whole idea of get woke, go broke, it doesn't work because the money's infinite. They just print more of it. They don't care. It's not about the money. It's not about being a successful franchise. It is about the message. And everything you watch has an anti-God bias. It has anti-man slant. I'm going to tell you one thing that I'm trying to, I'm blown away by right now is the anti-white male stuff in everything okay i mean the if you are a white dude in a movie you are a idiot you are you are a stupid human and i'm sitting there thinking what is happening what what is it about white dudes that you hate so much i mean i was watching a commercial last night in a football game here in america and i think i mean you know there's i don't understand it but the uh the, the Stuff you see in com- – I mean, if you watch an American commercial, you will think that 95% of the American population are homosexuals, and it's just not so. I'm just like, what do you it's, – it's all about conditioning. It's about a message. It's about programming people to think that being gay is okay, to being a strong, independent woman is okay, and to be a white man, a, a, a masculine, high testosterone, physically strong, and, and technically competent male is the gigantic – villain of our time that's the message they're pushing and people don't realize that that is an antichrist message and that is an anti-bible message and it's it's scary to think what's being planted in the minds of the young people today toxic masculinity yeah there's no such thing i mean have you ever heard have you ever heard of toxic femininity i mean have you ever seen these women that they're they're, they're these she raw i am woman hear me roar they, they, that that's that's lunacy i mean and, and it's what feminism has done to people. Feminism is a form of Gnosticism. People don't realize that. Feminism is not a political thing. Feminism is a religious thing. Feminism is a form of Satanism and Gnosticism. And so when you see these blue-haired women saying, you know, down with the patriarchy or whatever they say, you have to realize that is not a political thing. You're, you are seeing a manifestation of Satanism in this woman. And it has nothing to do with patriarchy. It has to do with God's order and destroying God's order in in the lives of people. That's exactly what it's all about.
1: Yeah, and a lot of the Hollywood stars, the celebs, uh, they're involved in all these weird sorts of things. Whether it's um, things to do with children's (coughs) things to do with children's uh, adrenaline uh, blood. What's it? Adrenochrome. There we go. Or or whether it's um, to do with astral projection or. All these weird sorts of things.
0: Yeah. You know, the adrenochrome thing, I used to think that was really weird until I saw them saying stuff like that, like themselves. Like uh, Sandra Bullock, um, and and it's kind of, forgive me, but like she, Sandra Bullock got on Ellen one time and talked about how she uses a cream on her face that is made from and, and excuse me, but it's it's a cream that's used on her face, made from the f- the foreskins of little boys, and like, go look that. It's like it's like, what are you? What like this is? This is this cro? This is gross. This is crazy. But they say this stuff. Um, now the adrenochrome thing. A lot of people. Uh, there's some wild stuff out there on that. I I have never been able to go down that rabbit hole myself. But um, but yeah, if if you go look. Most of these Hollywood celebrities are into some, either something really bizarre religiously, or they're into something that, uh, like for example, uh, Jennifer Aniston is into some goddess cult. Uh, you got Madonna; she was in the Kabbalistic Judaism for a long time. Um, most of them are into something, and it's and and it, it's no wonder that a couple of them here and there every year go into um, go into transgenderism. Transgenderism is the ultimate male-female merger. Um, You got ladies like Demi Lovato, who's a beautiful woman, but then she got into this weird mystery religion stuff. And now you can't even tell what she, I mean, she's weird looking now. She has warped her body, warped her whole soul with that stuff. So yeah, almost everybody in Hollywood is into some sort of insane deviant depravity or they're into some weird mystery cult or sometimes both really. Um, And I don't know how in the world you could claim to be a Christian living in that world, living in that sick society. It's it's I don't it's it's just weird, but I think that God is going to put it into it one day, and I, th- I look forward to that. Matter of fact, people don't realize that Hollywood actually means uh, uh, the uh, it's a magical wand term from a holly tree. It's the wood of the holly, and uh, it comes from a, it's a druid concept, and um, there's the ho- it, it actually is born from the idea of the Hollywood Hills in Italy where uh, all these emperors would go to the Hollywood Hills of Italy and there were this lake that, that, would, that they would go down to. And uh, you would go there in the middle of the night and, and there would be stars in the sky and you would look down into that lake and you would ask the goddess of that lake to make you a star. And so that whole concept of the, that occultic pagan concept, they brought it to Hollywood and that's why they call these people stars uh, because they have, they have achieved favor with the goddess of the Hollywood Hills. The whole thing is sat- is Satanic, and I wish people knew more about it, and hopefully they can listen to this podcast and see all that. Well, I mean, I look at First uh, Samuel where where the prophet Samuel said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Um, matter of fact, uh, the Antichrist in the, I, I believe it was the book of Zechariah, is called the rebel. So re- this the, all this stuff is rebellion, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to, if you were going to be a Christian, if you are really going to be a spirit-filled Christian, there, you will not fit in with this world system. You have to make a conscious effort to be the total to, to follow Christ, which is going to put you. You're going to have to go upstream against the grain to do God's will in this day and age, because this whole world is is slanted, anti-Christ, anti-God, and um, and there's there's no I mean there's there's no way around it. I mean there's a, there's an old preacher years ago named Billy Kelly. He he preached a message called God's going to turn it around. And he says the whole world's backwards, but there's going to come a day where God's going to turn it back around. And I look forward to that day. I'm excited about that. But yeah, the whole world's backwards, and so if you're going to be, if you're going to be right with God, you're going to have to be a little bit of, you to have to rebel against this world system. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, you've also spoken a little bit about how um, Satan would use the media, the uh, the entertainment industry as a form of programming. For example, uh, the movies always looking for a hero like Avengers or The
0: Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah we um we did a couple of videos where I talked about how Marvel's the Marvel's endgame series was uh, where Thanos was the bad guy uh, basically if Satan were to tell the story of the book of Revelation it would be Marvel's endgame and uh, Thanos would be Jesus Thanos would be the bad guy um and I think if 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 you're the Antichrist and there's there's earthquakes there's, Comets falling from the sky. You know what you're going to tell people? You're going to tell people we have to unite because there's this alien invader coming. And I think that that plays into the sci-fi world real heavy right now. All these space invaders and stuff like that. We've got to, we've got to unite as a world so we can take these guys on. That's going to be the idea in the tribulation period, that we have to go to the Megiddo and we have to fight against this alien invasion that's coming. And um, I, I think, I mean, I see it in several movies. There's a new movie coming out right now uh, from Disney. And uh, we just did a video on it uh, not too long ago, um, and it, it was basically the idea that there's a there's a a white man um, it is it's called Wish is what it is, and there's this white wizard who is the king of a of an entire land, and he is withholding things from everybody, and so we're gonna overthrow this 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 wizard you know, and I'm thinking this is programming people to hate God is exactly what it is. But unless you have discernment and you know what the scriptures are teaching, you're not going to catch that kind of stuff. But I see it everywhere. I mean, I'm not like, you know, hunting for Satanism and like paranoid about all this stuff, you know, because I know in the end, ultimately Jesus wins. But if you will be able to fully see it, to kind of kind of take a moment, watch our third Adam series, let it just process the information. You'll start to see this stuff everywhere and it'll blow people's minds, man. And I, I just I, I just say, Lord Jesus, please come quickly. We need to get out of here. <laughs> Do you think, Spencer, that,
1: let's use the example of Marvel, the guys who are writing it and making the film, are aware of this, or are they just pawns? Are they being used?
0: I think both of them are true. Um, if you go back and look at the history of, like, the Doctor Strange comics, um, Stan Lee, the, the man who, who ran Marvel at the time, he hired some guys to write the storylines for this. Well, if you go back and read their interviews, they these guys literally sat there and did acid and wrote Doctor Strange. It was all drug-induced story writing, and I think, yeah, they, you know, they knew that what they were writing was like trippy, and they knew it was really out there, but it sold comics, so Stanley didn't really care. I think the 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 actors probably have no idea what they're into. I think um, probably the directors and the writers. Probably don't know what they're into, but I do think I do think at some point up the chain there are people who know exactly what's going on. Where that, where you know, what what point in the chain going upward that that starts to to occur, I'm not totally sure, but I do know that at the very bottom level, those people have no idea what they're into. But I think you know, once you get to the top, the, the Bible says we we're facing spiritual darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, so I think the globe is bankers, the the, the elite politicians. I think the elites of the media, they know exactly what they're doing. But where that stops and where that kind of hands off to where you have like the guys running the show versus the useful idiots and the actors and the whole scheme of things. I'm not sure where that is, but I do know that the people at the very top. Yeah, they have to know what they're doing for sure. Tell me a little bit about the darkened eye. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a verse um, and it talks about, uh, let's see, here, I'll pull it up um, in my in my Bible uh, software here. It talks about the, a man with his right eye that would be darkened. And uh, that's actually in, uh, let's see here, uh, Zechariah eleven seventeen. 17. Woe unto the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock, the sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. Now, the idol-shepherd there is a a type of the Antichrist. Um, If you'll understand in uh, cross-reference this to Revelation 13, where it talks about the beast that once was dead but now did live, and his deadly wound was healed. Some people surmise from this that the Antichrist will survive an assassination attempt, and I think that is a very likely scenario. could be a bomb or could be anything. But the Bible says that his right eye shall be darkened and his arm will be dried up, meaning his arm will be kind of crippled in a sense. Um, I do think it's funny in the Marvel movies that Thanos loses an eye, and it just happens to be the right eye. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence, and I think that uh, I, I'm sorry. I said Thanos. I mean Thor. Uh, Thor loses his right eye in that in that movie and fights the rest of the movie with the eye patch. And actually, Thor is the one who killed Thanos. So if you think if you realize that Thor is the Antichrist and Thanos is Jesus, you understand that this is a demonic movie. This is evil stuff, and uh, so that's going to be. Um, that, that actually is a prophecy, I believe, of the coming assassination tip on the Antichrist and merge that with Revelation chapter 17. Um, let's see here, it talks about how that his, uh, his deadly wound was healed. Uh, let me see. I'm going to pull that verse up for everybody here. And um, yeah, Revelation 13, 3 says, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. So you take those two verses and merge them together and kind of cross-reference them together, I believe we, we have biblical authority to say this: the Antichrist will survive an assassination attempt. But how would we know who the Antichrist is? Well, that that goes back to Thes- Second Thessalonians chapter two, where um, there there's going to come a falling away first. The verse number Second Thessalonians chapter two verse three: Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except the coming of falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. I think the antichrist is probably alive right now. I mean, he's probably a living, breathing person on this planet right now it has not been revealed who he is yet now some people like glenn beck like to like to surmise who he is and kind of give their top 10 guesses and and none of that ever pans out real well um some people are saying uh, macron from france is is a great candidate for that I, I i i tend to think that jared kushner the uh son-in-law of donald trump is a great candidate for the antichrist myself but ultimately you don't know you just don't know um, I believe that the the falling away of Second Thessalonians chapter uh, two verse three is going to be the rapture of the church, and uh, but I, I I don't I mean I'm, I believe in the premillennial pre-tribulation rapture of the church. I believe I will be gone, but those who are left behind, if you see a one world leader come to power and he promises peace in Israel, and he tries to unite the world together, as a globalist leader. Absolutely, that's the guy. No question. And uh that's that's how you'll know. But I don't know if the church this side of the tribulation period is going to be able to know. Not not uh, even I mean, it just says there has to come a falling away first, and the man of sin has to be revealed. He has not been revealed yet, so I don't really know if we can know. Well, you mentioned church, and of course,
1: churches themselves are falling prey to all types of deception.
0: Mm-hmm yep oh yeah tons of it there's um there are strange winds blowing of of all kinds of stuff out there i mean right now i think the big one um one that kind of caught everybody sleeping is the the flat earth idea and um which i'm open to the idea but my goodness i mean just the fruit of that whole movement is strange there's hebrew roots there's um there's all kinds of strange stuff out there right now and if you the word for it is fables. There's. Um, if you go look in your King James Bible, you'll you'll see the word fables, and it talks about how um, there be men. Uh, first uh, Titus one fourteen, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Second uh, Peter one sixteen, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables. It, it says right there. Second uh, Timothy second Timothy four four, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So you'll understand that uh, especially in this internet age, there is going to be some weird stuff that you're gonna see. Uh, one that I'm looking at right now is this idea of Tartaria and a mud flood. And uh, that's a huge one. I mean, my goodness, that you open up TikTok, that's all you see. Um, my goodness, but um, you, you can't you can't get your head too deep in that stuff. I mean, look at it, see what it is, but realize that the Bible is the only authority. Uh, That we need to follow. The Bible is the only thing we need to get into. The Bible is the only thing that we need to have as authoritative and believe it, and frame our minds according to the Word of God. And if 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 Tataria and the flat Earth and uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be a tons of them coming. If they don't fit with the Scriptures, you need to throw them out because they're 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 a fable. They're a waste of time. And I, I, that's one thing I think today that the church is missing is just the whole idea of being faithful and, and, and biblical fidelity is what I guess we'll call it. You got to be strew, true to the scriptures, man. You have to be absolutely faithful to what the Word of God teaches and let everything else go. Just preach the Bible and let that be your guide. And I think that'll be, that, that would do a lot of people a lot of good today. But what if those—let's just play devil's
1: advocate, excuse the pun, for a moment—but what if those fables— do align with the Bible, and we've just interpreted wrong?
0: Well, I mean, I'm always open to having missed something, okay? I mean, I'm I'm open to that. But like, for example, a mud flood that happened 150 years ago, okay? (laughs) I mean, sounds good. Where is it in the Bible? The burden of proof is upon these people to show this to me from the Bible. And they just can't. so, I mean, and, and, and I'm kind of a tough sell because I'm, I've been to seminary. I mean, I've been preaching for 20 years plus years in my life. I've got so many theology books. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing away books. I've, I've read so much on this stuff. So I, I'm a tough sell. I, I, I've read some of the greatest Christian theologians ever, and I, I, I'm pretty grounded in what I believe. But these people, the, the arguments that they throw out for what they say they believe, are some of the most erroneous illogical unscriptural things I have ever heard in my life. And I think what happens is, is that you give a babe you're giving these what the, what I would call babes in Christ a steak and they're choking all over that. They can't they can't chew it. They can't process it. And they don't they don't understand what they're getting into. They have been deceived and these people once once they get in that stuff it's hard to get them out man so test everything by the scriptures test all things by the scriptures and if it fails the test then throw it out as a fable you have to you just have to do that
1: a number of years ago i went to sydney and uh, i visited hillsong and mm-hmm. it felt it felt like i was going to a rock show just some sort of concert, uh, it, it, it didn't feel meaningful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that I believe that it was because here's, here's the thing. This is the illustration that I could show you. Okay. Let's say that you go out and you do a hard day's work in in the field and you're covered with mud and, and you need a bath, but instead of taking a bath, all you do is you just spray perfume on yourself. You're dirty, but you smell good. And then let's just say every you go out the next day, you work, and you, you got still got yesterday's mud on you, and you go do another day's work and you get sweaty and hot and your clothes are messed up, and all you do is just spray more perfume on you. Well, you you smell good, but you're dirty. You smell good, but you're not being clean. And in a sense, I think that's what that's all Hillsong and these churches that are just like them, these charismatic churches, that's all they offer is just a, a spray of perfume upon a dirty soul. They don't offer cleansing. They don't offer meat. They don't offer anything useful. All they are is just a puff of a of a feel good experience and when you leave you leave empty. That's that's what these people are. And they and it's it's you're not clean. You you're just you just smell good but you're dirty. And that's 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 there is a difference and I wish the reason most people don't see the difference is because they've never truly had a good bath before. They've never been washed in the blood of Jesus. They've never been right with God. And they don't they don't understand what it is to walk with Christ. And so they have to find some sort of religious experience that is a cheap substitute for the real thing. And so I'm glad you said that. That tells me a lot about you, you know, as far as, you know, what you believe, that even you can see the problem with these people. And and that's that's it. There are dirty people walking around having sprayed cologne all over themselves, but they're dirty. But they smell good, but they're dirty. And that's what these Hillsong people are, and I think the fruit has proven that absolutely. Yeah, you use the term NAR, which is not a f- term I've heard. Okay, yeah, that's called the New Apostolic Reformation, and uh, the New Apostolic Reformation is kind of like a um, it's it's a end times version of the charismatic doctrines of like the 90s and stuff. It's 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 like. There was, you know, there's the latter rain, and then there was like the third third wave, and then there's there's a formation of a group called the New Apostolic Reformation, and basically what they are is they are um, they are these modern charismatic people. That's who they are, and they 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 preach all kinds of crazy stuff. I personally think they're they're kind of a soft form of their own secret society. But you do have people like Michael Brown um, and Sid Roth and all these other guys saying that that it doesn't exist, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry. All I got to do is type in a Google search, and there they are. The New Apostolic Reformation are the end times doctrines of devils. They are, if if you if you look at it this way, there's like there's the church, and then there's the world, and then there's like this hybrid group in the middle that kind of merges everything together. I'm sorry, let me just put it this to you this way: there's the church, there's orthodox religion, and then there's new age doctrine new age religion there is there is this gray matter in the middle okay that's what the nar is they use the terminology of orthodoxy but ultimately they are preaching new age religion and they're trying to bridge the gap between the new age and the church these people are the most dangerous people to have ever exist to the local church and the internet has given them a free platform to spew their heresy into every home in the world and onto every cell phone in the world They are dangerous. They need to be called out. But I think that in, I think Satan has risen these people up and they're operating here in American politics too. I mean, Donald Trump's uh, advisory board of, of pastors and whatever was consumed with NAR people. So that wasn't good at all. These people are trying to promote a ecumenicism, which is going to lead to universalism. And they're going to preach that everybody who is, who is generically spiritual in some way or fashion is just a different version of them. and, and, And they're dangerous stuff. They are, I, I fear for what these people preach and the influence they have, but I know I know God wins in the end, but I just, I want to wake people up that this is not good stuff. So
1: what is God's plan and what is Satan's plan?
0: Well, I would say they both have the same plan. Usher in a kingdom. And one of them, Satan's at the head of it. The other one, God's at the head of it. They have the same plan, um, but you know, and, and that's 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 the thing is that okay. We did that third Adam four. I don't know if you've been able to see that one yet. Uh, we talked about the road to Shambala. Shambala is Satan's millennial kingdom, and uh, and you'll look you look even at the end of the millennial kingdom. There's 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 Satan is loosed again, and he goes out and deceives the nations. So he's not done. He's going to try to rule and reign again, and he's going to he's going to try, but he but he just can't, uh, because ultimately God wins. So what is Satan's plan and what is God's plan? I think they're ultimately the same plan. It's just that uh, you know different different man at the top. That's all I would say. You have to understand the world is like the Titanic. Okay, it's sinking, and it's going down. You're not going to stop it. You're not going to be able to resurrect uh, some sort of Christendom in the world. I think evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. I think the world is not getting better. I think it's going to get worse, tremendously worse. I think COVID is just a dry run for what could possibly happen in the very near future, even in a more worse way. But the only thing there is for the Christian to do is to know your Bible, try to get in church, support the Lord's work that way try to win your neighbors to Christ, try to win souls to Christ and try to grow and mature in your faith so that you can spot these deceptions as they come so that you don't, and your kids don't get sucked into all this stuff and swept away with every wind of doctrine. You need to grow, you need to mature and you need to strengthen yourself in God. That's all there is to do. We don't, you know, there's people out there trying to organize some sort of dominionistic effort and this, you know, the seven mountain mandate and all that kind of stuff that the NAR is promoting and stuff like that. I I think that's a a fool's cause, man. I I don't think there's any hope in doing any of that stuff. Know the Bible, get in church, get saved if you're not saved, grow in grace, grow in the knowledge of the scriptures and do your very best to win souls in these last days. That's all you can do and that's really it. All right, how can I follow your work? Well, we're on uh, we're on uh, YouTube. Go follow me, Spencer Smith. You can just type in Spencer Smith or Third Adam or something like that and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's our main way of uh, of uh, communicating with everybody. Also, we're on Twitter, and we are also on Facebook as well. Just look up Spencer Smith, and uh, you guys can follow us there. We also have our website, MissionarySpencerSmith.com. That's MissionarySpencerSmith.com. And uh, we look forward to talking to everybody and uh, helping however, however we can, man. And we appreciate the opportunity to come on today. If you
1: enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.